Do you remember the Merton Hanks dance? No. <laughs> when he get a, he, he was, I think he free safety or he might have played corner. I think he converted. Is he the one with the super Brazil. long neck? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. When, he, when he get an interception, it was I can't even. I'm not going to do it here. Do it. I, I can't do it. I know, but his neck you know, was just yeah, like. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's singing "Do the Merton Hanks." It's great, man. <laughs> wow, that was awesome, awful. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. Right. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on location at the <laughs> RA Center Fieldhouse, and I'm joined by none other than Pep Cariotti to my right. Pep, how are we doing? We are good. It's good to be back at the RA Center. Uh, I feel like it's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. We've done the last few remotely. Yep. Um, we just haven't had interviews lined up or, or done that, so we could do it remotely. But it's nice to be back. It's nice yeah. to be face to face doing it, and the sound quality should be a lot better. Yeah, it's true. And they treat us well. They treat us well here. Oh, definitely can't you know? complain. Nope. Uh, food's delicious. I wolfed down a Julian salad because I'm on my. Uh, I was given a meal plan by a buddy of mine, Donnie Ruiz, trainer oh, to yeah. the stars. Yeah. Linebacker or free safety. Yeah, he was a secondary player. Um, moved around quite a bit, but uh, had a very long career in the CFL. Uh, now trains a lot of the guys that uh, that we train that comes through CFI and um, got to know him pretty well. He coaches with us too, anyway. So very uh, cool, very cool. I'm uh, well. I can check my watch. I'm 38 days away from a uh, little trip to Mexico, where we're okay. going for uh, Angie's 40th, and she wanted to be out of the country, so we have booked it. Um, my speedo is on order, so it is time to fit into it. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Uh, you know what? It's not so much the speedo as maybe the color. <laughs> I'll get the it. The color is everything. If you go, if you go black speedo, you can get away with stuff. If you go like banana hammock yellow, that's. Uh, I'm thinking more like a, a beige, so it's like skin color for me. So <laughs> <laughs> I got like a, an ass crack paint on the back. That's incredible. That's. Uh, I think Anne. Yeah, she just. I just saw. I got the notification. She just canceled the trip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Anyway. Um, just, uh, I had no intention of talking about this, but now that you brought up the CFL, Matt Nichols uh, visiting with the Argos today. Looks like every team now has sort of solidified their quarterback situation. Zach Caleros re-signed in Winnipeg, making their decision academic. Matt Nichols is now free to talk to whoever, and it looks like the Argos are going to sign him. I really like Matt Nichols. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. But... Uh, Nick Arbuckle, I just I was reading something earlier this week. He's not signed in Ottawa. Like he's visiting, but he could actually say I'm I'm gonna test. He wants another shot at the NFL. Was he traded to Ottawa? He was traded his rights, but he's there's right. no yeah. But there's no contract associated because he's no. still a free agent. Exactly. So and his uh, his camp has said they want to test the NFL one more time. So he's not looking for anything long term. I think two to three years is what he was looking for. Uh, so, that's good for Ottawa anyway. Two yeah. to three years is fine. I don't know about Arbuckle to be honest. Like he's got some talent, but I don't know. In today's day and age with the CFL and and the, the amount of injuries that quarterbacks are sustaining, yeah, um, you just and you just can't be locked into such long term deals. 
So it's probably in Ottawa's favor at that point. It's also, I mean, on the flip side, it's also in the quarterback's favor. If you can stay healthy and you can prove yourself, then you're getting big paydays like Mike Riley and those kind of guys. Sure. But um, I don't know. What are his chances? He's 26 years old. What are his chances at the NFL? He's already had a cup of coffee with a, um, a handful of teams who just said, well, you know, you practice squad guys. So at 26, what, what's left to show at 26, 27 years old? Uh, I mean, Twenty for a quarterback, you're not even kind of in your prime. Like really, if you look at the stats in the NFL, I think it's like 29 years old is when you start to kind of hit your stride. And the, the the problem with it, or not the problem, the the reason for that is because it's such a mental hurdle that these kids have to come over from university or from different systems. Oh, yeah. It's it's the systems, it's reading defenses and, and the terminology. having the experience of seeing things over and over and over and being able to diagnose those on the fly, that's what comes with years of playing. You can't just kind of go in and be, I mean, you could be a great athlete and we're seeing guys like Lamar Jackson be good athletes and do what they do, but Ultimately, for longevity and for not getting beat by the Tennessee Titans, you have to be able to read defenses and adjust accordingly. And they, you know, that's where the 29 and the experience kind of comes in. I mean, I don't remember what, how old Doug Flutie was when he went from the CFL to the NFL, but 35. Was it 35? Yeah. All right. So Arbuckle's got a decade left to figure it out. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it, that's a great example actually because his first, you know, Flutie was drafted by the Chicago Bears, didn't work out over there, got traded to New England. The coach, and he had success in New England. The coach had no faith in, in Doug Flutie, so he shipped him off and said, Flutie said, well, you know what, I'm, forget it. I'm not a backup. I'm going to go play in Canada, and the rest is history. And right. then had that cup of tea in, in Buffalo. Anyway, we're way off track. I'm sorry. I just, uh, you mentioned the CFL, and I read that article about Arbuckle, and I thought, good time to bring it up. But we have some intro stuff you need to talk. we want to talk about here. Uh, yeah, well, obviously the news of the last couple days and uh, across uh, the basketball world has been the passing of uh, a living legend in Kobe Bryant. Um, the helicopter accident that uh, um, nine people succumbed to that accident, uh, including Kobe and his 13-year-old uh, daughter, Gigi, and uh, seven others that were uh, baseball coaches. Um, so baseball, he happened to be a baseball coach, but him and his wife were on the flight with their daughter, who was um, the daughter's a teammate of Gigi. Of Gigi. And then there were another another parent and her daughter. So they were all part of this team, okay, okay, this okay. Mamba team. They were going to practice for a game, one of the two. And then the, the pilot, it's just friggin' sad. Like, it's it's sad. Any way you slice it, it's sad uh, that that happened. It's sad for the basketball community. And you and I talked before we started recording about, you know, comparing it to something in Canada. Because not a lot of people follow basketball. And if they do, maybe they didn't follow Kobe. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of great players in the NBA. And in Canada, if we had a comparison, what would it be like? And you mentioned Sidney Crosby as a name. What, what would it be like for Sidney Crosby to retire and then get involved in, in hockey within the community, which he probably already is, but like yeah. really get involved with the, in the community with his daughters or son? And then he died tragically in an accident. How would Canada react? It would be a, a national day of mourning, I think. It, it would be devastating. I think that's what's going on in the States, specifically in California where he resided and where he's built these Mamba academies for, for kids. But 
the, the hardest thing for me is seeing him in, in his prime. I mean, I'm older than Kobe. That's scary, but I'm, you yeah. know, I'm two years older than him. To see him with his daughters, it reminds me of my brother. He's got three daughters, and he takes them to hockey, and they talk hockey, they talk basketball. I mean, watching you with your kids, like it hit home. You're not, that's not supposed to happen to a, a man like, like Kobe Bryant who's, who's trying to do good things for women's basketball. and We all know that he has a history. I think there's another time to talk about that, mm-hmm. and I'm not excusing that behavior. And again, we, t- we chatted quickly about yeah. this. But it's just as a basketball fanatic and someone within the, com- the basketball community, I'm very, very sad. I think uh, the, the, the community's lost a real asset. And uh, that's where it starts and stops for me. And it's just, for me personally, it's not the time to talk about some of the trials and tribulations he's been through. And like I said on my, on my little video I posted on our web, on our web page or our, on our Facebook, Facebook page, page yeah. is um, there's a victim out there. There's somebody that accused Kobe of a, of a crime. Uh, and uh, that person is out there. And she may be, this may be opening up old wounds for her. So... It's very, very layered. I just think now's not the time. And we watched, you want to talk yeah. about the TNT last night, watching Shaq and Ernie Johnson and Rick Fox and Derek Fisher talk about it. Jerry West, who's in his 80s, said he doesn't think he'll be able to get over this. Like, did you, what, what are your thoughts on that? Did you watch it? You watched, I didn't you, see the TNT part. You, you didn't see, you, you saw Shaq? I saw Shaq. I saw, uh, you know, actually uh, this morning I let my kids watch TV because uh, I, I we always tape Ellen DeGeneres, and she had, you know, she was breaking down in her monologue, mm-hmm. um, and they played highlights of, uh, you know, Kobe's uh, impact on her show and, and helping people and giving things away, and um, so we watched we watched that part. Um, you know, you're not immune to it. So you get to see everything. Um, <clears throat> it's difficult. Um, you know, I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but I know who Kobe was. Um, I know the impact he had on the game. Um, what really hit me is just, you know, without getting too far into it, because uh, I'm in a restaurant and I just don't really want to get in that, uh, that frame of mind, but just imagining him as a father being with his daughter in a situation like that is like, honestly, the biggest nightmare you could ever imagine as a parent, you know? So um, from that aspect, like... It's it's devastating and it's um, sad. you know it's it's, it's sad. sad beyond anything. Like there's just nothing as a parent. There's just nothing worse in the world than um, something happened to your child and you being helpless. Yeah. yeah. So the Lakers and the Clippers were supposed to play last night. They canceled the game. It was obviously going to be in L.A. because both teams right. are from L.A. And in exchange or in replacement of the game, televised game, they actually went to, and did this TNT um, a panel, I guess. Special or something? Special, yeah, okay. and it was, initially, it was initially Barkley, Kenny Smith, D. Wade, Ernie Johnson, and Shaq. And then they had Jerry West on as a special uh, interview, and then he left, and then they brought in uh, Rick Fox and Derek Fisher. Rick Fox, rumors of that were Rick, Rick Fox was on the plane. So... His family members were going berserk for about two hours on, on that Sunday morning, calling him, and he wasn't answering. I think he was, I can't remember what he said he was doing, but he wasn't answering the phone because he was busy. Shaq called Rick Fox. He had heard the news. and So, like, so like that must have freaked out Rick Fox's family. And 
So they anyway, they were telling they were telling stories about Kobe. They have so many stories to tell. I think a lot of people do. Jerry West would really really, really struck me though. Jerry West, if uh, for those of you who don't know Jerry West, he's the logo. Yeah. He's the NBA logo. If you ever see the NBA logo and there's a guy dribbling a basketball and looks like he's making a drive, that's Jerry West. And West is the one who traded for Kobe. West is the one who convinced Kobe not to sign with the Clippers. Uh, after Shaq was traded, Kobe basically said, I want out of this place. And he, he had made a verbal commitment to the Clippers. At the time, the Clippers had a team owner who was a racist. So Jerry said, you cannot play with the Clippers. Um, you need to stay in L.A. and we'll, we'll work this out. And then the rest is history. Pal Gasol came over and they won another couple of championships. But, like, it's, it, was, it was, I was bawling. I've been bawling the last, I don't know, couple days just w- listening to these stories. Um, because we're ba- like it's a basketball community, just like in football. If if there was something that you could compare to football-wise, it just it strikes a chord in you because you played the game and you you know the camaraderie. Well, I'm familiar with the basketball camaraderie on the court, and you know losing Mark Chartron was. I mean, again, I'm not comparing Kobe and his teammates to myself and Mark Chartron, but I kind of can. Like you know what? Like you, you brought can. that up. It's it transcends the individual sport and more along the. Uh, just the the athletes in general, the the camaraderie and the the relationships that come with sports in general, the fact that you have a connection to these basketball athletes and uh, coaches and uh, basically the community, you you get a chance. So your relationship, or you feel like you know them more because you've watched them for so long. It's the same, but the same effect would be for you know the tennis world if Andre Agassi died or something. You know where yes. you know you can feel for it, and all those stories you get it, you can relate to it because you're an athlete. And realistically, I want to, I hope we're like 95 percent of us in the world are, are athletes of some sort. Whether you've played at a higher level or not, you've played sports, you play with your friends, you've played on a team that you know you understand those bonds, and you know when. A member of your family, in this case, the the athlete family worldwide, perishes in a in a sad, tragic accident. Everybody feels it. Yeah, you nailed it. You know, and that's it's just so it's sad. Like I, you know, I would have never really met Mark's parents if we didn't play basketball together. They used to come. Bernie used to come and watch our games and cheer. And like you know, you you, you get to you get to know their families. So you know, and Shaq said it yesterday. Shaq said this isn't supposed to happen to a guy this age of his stature like Shaq said I I always idolized Bill Russell and Kareem they're still here he got to mm-hmm. meet them I idolized Magic Magic's still here Kobe isn't here anymore and it, it just it, it threw I think it's really thrown Shaq off completely and I I hope for Shaq's sake he looked pretty sad yesterday and uh, you know uh, obviously Shaq has dealt with a lot of loss over the last couple of lo- couple of years i think he lost his father and he lost his sister and his two grandmother fairly recently fairly yeah. recently so i mean i can't imagine what he's going through i love shack daddy man yeah i'm a big shack fan i always have been but even more so now so did anyway. i tell you again this is why our episodes are never quick uh there's one morning Ange called me so my wife works in a school and one of the teachers there um who actually came to our wedding she's a dance instructor i guess she ran track back in the day um Anyway, she she ran track at LSU, oh. and the one time she shows up and she you know she comes into the office she sees Ange and and she's kind of running late and she's like oh she's kind of like oh she's like Shaq called me on the way to school or whatever so Ange is like you know who like this guy Shaq or whatever 
I'm like, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Shaq is in like Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> She's like, yeah, you know, I'm like, uh, yeah, he's only like the biggest basketball player ever. And a guy that I idolized as a kid because he was a monster. I'm like, hold on a second. You're telling me that Shaq just called her on the way to school? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> <We're going. laughs> there is that whole like six degrees. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty good, man. The six degrees of separation there just got a lot shorter. Oh, that man. I'm like, there's got to be obviously, you know, at a different time, yeah, but yeah. there's got to be. Some, I'm like, we need to figure it out somehow. Next time I see this teacher, I will be uh, probing for uh, Shaq's number or get me in contact with him. Could you do that? Could you just. Oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> can't when I'm smiling. Good. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I love Shaq. Pretty, I love but Shaq uh, too. when I heard that, I got pretty uh, excited. I had this text. Uh, and, so, anyway. Wild. Um, anyway, need, needless to say, we are all in mourning in the basketball community, and yep. uh, there'll be a time and a place to talk about other things later on. But right now, I think support for all those families and uh, give your families a big hug and tell them you love them because you just. Like everybody seems, to, the the one common sentiment across the community is, uh, uh, you never know when this life can be just, just snuffed away. So, exactly. you anyway. don't know when your time is. Appreciate every single day, every moment. Exactly. On a day like today, which is like Bell, let's talk. Yep. Day seems all fitting that we're tying all this in today. But anyways, all right. Yeah. Let's. Uh, you know what? Let's just go right to break and yeah. we'll come back. With Sounds the good. Mistakes. That's not break. <laughs> Threw myself off. No one is perfect. Here is what we screwed up. No, that's our new mistake intro. Anyway, mistakes and omissions. Well, the first one is I had a mistake going to break because I didn't have the soundboard on the right page. So uh, that was a mistake. That's for next week, though. That's right. Yeah. Next week. I don't know if it's a, is a production uh, mistake a mistake. Yeah. It could be, I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other mistake and the only one that I could find in last week's episode um, <laughs> was uh, when I asked you if, uh, if you thought uh, the odds of uh, Antonio Brown ending up in jail in 2020. <laughs> and you said, no. He said, nope, there's a, I think he might get maybe a probation or something like that, but no, he's not getting to jail. By the time the episode aired, Antonio Brown was behind bars. <laughs> Albeit brief. What a weird scene that was. Uh, he was in court, I guess, that next morning for something that happened with his a mover. Anyway, it, like, uh, the story is yeah. very convoluted, but he was in a, like a... He's wearing an anti-suicide vest. I'm assuming it's just something that you just can't penetrate, or I, I'm like, you, I have no idea he what that means. He can't penetrate. Well, I, yeah, like a, all your vital He's organs. He's going to prison. I'm not worried about him penetrating well, himself. Well, that's a whole other awkward. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, oh, okay. he's he's uh, out of house arrest. I guess well, I'm not sure what the stipulation was, but he's out of house arrest today, and I guess there's some. He's going to be seeking um, help. For some of the court, the judge ordered him to seek um, psychiatric evaluation. Do you think there's any correlation to his behavior? Yeah. And CTE? Yeah, has to be. Must be. Yeah. Okay. His people have come out and said when I, I played with him, he wasn't that nuts. Emmanuel right. Sanders actually just recently said, I his first couple of years, he w he was 
I don't think he was a model citizen, and he was kind of hard to play with and practice because he was a bit of a prima donna, but most, most receivers are like that. But some of the stuff that he's showing now were, was not there when he was in Pittsburgh. So, And to think of his the progression of this craziness is happening without him playing football and taking more hits. Should he have been playing and taking more hits, does it get even worse? And now I think he's, I don't know if he's actually signed up or he was supposed to be boxing one of those YouTube stars. Uh, Logan Paul or something yeah. or that. Anyway, the yeah. last thing he needs is more friggin' head trauma. His, his anyway. trainer told him, don't, don't do it. They were, trained, they were doing some boxing, and his trainer said, you're not even in this guy's league. Like, you're going to get your head blocked off, you know. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Well, all right then. Yeah. So, we will... Uh, Leave it at that. I was going to go out with uh, the yes. Well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> I guess I forgot that you never, ever make a mistake. <laughs> All right. So that's our going out music. This is impressive, man. All right. So we're going to get into Super Bowl now. We are. And just before we do that, we have a Super Bowl contest on our Facebook page right now. Right now. If you go on, you have until Sunday noon to give Brock and I your, and I, this isn't just a wishy-washy prediction. You need to guess the winner and the exact score. Uh, and if you guess correctly, Brock and I will send you a free Unsportsmanlike Convo uh, T-shirt or Raglan. We'll give you a choice, or depending on what do we have in stock. I guess that it'll be depending on what we have in stock, but yeah. We'll yeah. give you a choice, and then we'll, we'll tell you whether or not it's a good choice. We'll give you a choice, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and a $20 gift card to anywhere of your choosing. Um, Boom. How you like them? Just for Apples. putting in a comment and picking a score. Guys, just go on the page and pick a score. That's all you have to do. Is well, there a Brock, tiebreaker? What if two people have the same score? I guess we're shelling out 40 bucks or whatever. Interesting. Imagine First if 10, one in gets it. Imagine if 10... <laughs> Whoever's post is first is there. Afterwards, we it's just plagiarism. Guys, we have to make we have to create a, some sort of boundaries here. Like we, Brock and I are not rich. Um, <laughs> ah, no, you know what? If you guess the score right, you get a free shirt and twenty bucks. All right. All right. I guess I'll just have to talk to my accountant and uh, maybe open up another mortgage. You want or, shout out to your accountant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out to uh, Joey, who's my accountant. It's female. Sounds legit. All right. Yeah, Giovanni. Senza. All right. She's well, lovely. Actual shout out. She's lovely. She's uh, she's helped me make some money. Thank you, Giovanni. Okay, so that's our contest. Get on there right now. Uh, you're probably going to be listening to this tomorrow. We're recording uh, Wednesday night, but you'll probably listen to this Thursday day. Get on the, the UC page and give us your score. Give us a score. All right, so we are going to go into the Super Bowl discussion real quick. Not real quick. We're getting the Super Bowl discussion. This is the biggest event of the year. Um, I scoured the internet for uh, an appropriate song for each team. So we're going to go in to the Chiefs, and we're going to go out to the Niners song today. I like it. And that's because the Niners had a lot more selection and a lot more songs I would rather listen to. Well, before you play the Chiefs song, uh, are these fight songs? Um, or do you have any idea? Like, the Kansas City one is a fight song. Uh, it's the KC Anthem. It's called the Chiefs Chop. Oh, I'll introduce the four hundred one as we go out. Let's see the this. Chiefs chop. <laughs>
So this is the Kansas City chop, the Chiefs chop. I don't hate it. I have always hated the the chant. The, oh, because it's a Florida State one too, right? So for me, I've always yeah. hated it. And the Braves, you play the Jays in the Super Bowl. I'm gonna hate it. It was pretty uh, Super Bowl, cool back World in, Series. It was pretty cool back in the day, and it hasn't aged well. Like the na 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 hey goodbye song. I, I hear it now. When I was a kid, I was like, yeah, goodbye, get the hell out of the forum. Now I uh, now you feel bad. I feel stu- it feels stupid. Well, now I mean, with all of the racial connotations around the Indians and the the, the chopping oh, yeah. and whatever, oh, yeah. it's kind of like, yeah. do you still do it? Anyway, yeah. I don't want to get off topic, but I want you, I want to. Ask, I've been waiting to ask you this. Are you what are you, are you okay with the Redskins name? Is that something that I thought you were just going to ask me if I was racist? No. <laughs> are you, no. Are you racist? Of course not. Redskins? Is that? <clears throat> are you like? I know some the youth, some of the youth football leagues still have Redskins. I know the Nepean no, they change them. The, the Nepean Redskins have changed to the Nepean Eagles. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah. okay. And uh, I know the Nepean Raiders are the hockey. Uh, yeah. Are they changing their names? I know they're changing their logo. Uh, well, I guess J- Jackson's part of that uh, hockey association. Yeah. And it's the uh, yeah Nepean Raiders like Colgate, Colgate were the Red Raiders. They've dropped the red. Now they're just the Colgate Raiders. Raiders okay. Um, and uh, you know Florida State, Florida State is actually they have approval from the Seminole tribe to keep the name, and they want them to keep the name. Interesting. Interesting. So they had gone that route. Um, I, I mean, for me. It's touchy. It is yeah, touchy. Yeah. But I, I don't have a, you know, I'm not Aboriginal, so I, I don't take it as a, as a bad thing. But then again, I'm not of that group, so maybe I'm not seeing it. Like, would it, you know, if it was, I don't know, the, the Waterloo white guys, you know, would I be upset? I don't know. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But obviously, I know what you're saying. it's a different, again, it's not even the same thing because we weren't put through the same issues that aboriginals were and and that we're still working through them and um so yeah i'm in no position to 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 talk it's a matter of discussing whether or not they're going to be changing it um and i'm surprised we haven't heard more of the actual washington redskins changing their name but uh, the one thing we can say about the washington redskins is that they are not in the super bowl or anywhere near the super bowl So that's another discussion for another time. I do like their hirings, though. They they're gonna they could they could be NFC East champs quickly with Rivera and uh, Del Rio, Jack Del Rio, now their yeah. defensive coordinator, and Ron Rivera, who I really really like. That might be the smartest move they've made in 20 years. The smartest move is if uh, Schneider keeps his hands out of the mix. Stay out of it. Buddy. Just hire the people that know what they're doing and yeah. let them do their thing. That's what too many owners, too many guys that aren't really football guys try and keep their hand on the pulse, and uh, they impede the progress of guys that you're hiring who should and can make a great impact. All right, Washington Redskins, not in the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> San Francisco 49ers are, and that game is this weekend. Wow. Don't come to the field house if you're watching it because this place is closed at 6 o'clock. I believe there's a private party, but... Uh, you're coming to my house. It's what, a party. What do we got? What are we looking forward to? What a matchup. Okay. First of all, we're talking about the 49ers who are 15 and 3 now, if you if you include their uh, playoff victories. 
The Chiefs coming in at 14 and 4. So I think for the first time in a long time, we have the two very best teams in each conference playing each other. I know that the Ravens had a better record, but the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs just, they had a couple of games without Patrick Mahomes in the middle of the season with his kneecap. Uh, they hung tight. But when we look at... Uh, shout all, out to Matt Moore. Shout out to Matt Moore. Played really well when Mahomes was out. But the, the Chiefs, uh, they're, they're just... We're talking about a classic case of offense versus defense. I, I don't remember the last time we saw a Super Bowl this... Where the discrepancy between offense and defense is so great. And I'm not suggesting that San Francisco doesn't have weapons on offense. But they don't have what the Chiefs have. When the Chiefs have the ball... They have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. They have Tyreek Hill, who might be the fastest guy in the NFL. Uh, he, he surely is the quickest. Yeah. Sammy Watkins, who was, a, I think, a number one draft pick at some point in his career. By who's Buffalo. By Buffalo, playing really, really well. Out of Clemson, yeah. And, and Travis Kelsey, who is playing lights out um, this, uh, this postseason and has, has had a great season. The guy I really like on, on their team, and he's kind of an unsung hero, and he gives them, he assures that they have a, a second threat. Is Damian Williams out of the backfield? There was talk all year about them losing Kareem Hunt and who's going to replace him. They ended up bringing in LaShawn McCoy. He got hurt. But the steady Freddy has been Damian Williams. Is he going to run for 150 yards and get three? No, he's not going to do that. But he gives you enough running ability to keep, keep them honest, keep defenses honest. What I really love is their ability to throw the ball around the floor, around the, the field. And they have weapons everywhere. We haven't even talked about Mark Cole and Robertson, some of these uh, secondary guys. Who, Hardman, yeah. Hard, I mean, what are we talking about here? They're just, it's an embarrassment of riches. Well, they're also in an Andy Reid system. So from a fan's perspective, Casey's offense is uh, multidimensional and fast and explosive and... Um, creative like it's it's a beauty to watch from a fan perspective let's not knock the 49ers offense if you are an offensive lineman or a lineman period even a defense you got to appreciate it because their run game is not the traditional run game if you break down the way they're running the ball and the blocking schemes that they're implementing for these runs it's absolutely insane it's uh it's the blocking scheme itself is multi-dimensional like where you would have, you know, downhill runs where you have a traditional double team to a linebacker, you know, uh, seal blocks. You're having <clears throat> a variety of different blocks that would be used for different kind of runs run at the same time. You have trap blocks. You have the double block and seals all on the same run. So from a defensive perspective, you can't – you don't even know what's going to come. If you're getting trapped, normally that would lead to, okay, they're doing this because they're running in this particular hole or this area. But – You'll run to that area, and then you'll get swept up in a double team or something. Like, it's just, it's unreal what they're doing. And from the normal fan standpoint, you're just seeing them run the ball. But from a strategic and a scheme setup that, that um, Shanahan's doing, it's, it's, it's actually a work of art. Well, and I never appreciated it the whole season because I don't watch the Niners. But when you start to really see it, it's, it's amazing. Well, when, I, when I, we break down, I want to break down when the Chiefs have the ball. It's a, it's a, for me, it's a simple formula. Can they? This puts a huge onus on their on their tackles, okay? Because the 49ers can come at you with uh, Nick Bosa, DeForest uh, Buckner, Quan exactly. uh, Alexander's healthy again. D Ford, former Chief. Yeah. You know, so they can come at you. Can the Chiefs 
uh, tackles, Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, can they hold up? Can they hold up? Are they are they top top tier tackles in the NFL? I think Schwartz is up there. Um, so it depends on the matchup, but I don't care if you are a top tier tackle. If you leave him alone with Bosa the whole time, it's just an, it's just inevitable that he's going to get to the quarterback. Yeah. Um, this kid's explosiveness and and motor and um, technique is it's phenomenal what he's been doing. So Kansas City and Andy Reid will scheme up a good way to slow him down. And whether that's bringing in their backup tight end, that 81, um, to, help, to help the tackle, whether it's uh, Williams chipping Bosa before going to the flats, there's going to be a bunch of stuff that they need to do to neutralize him. But the problem is the other three on the Niners line are just as lethal. That's it. So if you put all that attention on Bosa, then you're screwed. The Niners have lived and died by putting pressure on a quarterback with four guys. If they can do that, then Kansas City will be in trouble. If they cannot, and somehow Andy Reid's scheme and the blocking can sustain those four and they then start bringing some linebacker pressure to, to get to Mahomes. Now Mahomes is pretty mobile too, so they got to contain him but also keep him from running. If they can, Kansas City force the Niners into that kind of situation, then I think it favors Kansas City. But we haven't really seen that. So, you know, other than, I guess, uh, the Niners against the, the Seahawks maybe this year, where yeah. they had to come back a bit. Um, but uh, for the most part, they play with the lead, they come with pressure, and, uh, um, and they do that very well. Well, here's my summary. Here's what I think will happen when Kansas City has the ball. I think... We're going to see, because Kansas City can play any kind of style offense. They can go downfield because they've got a bunch of speed. They've got decent possession guys in Kelsey down low. So I think we're going to see a little more West Coast style and a little less downfield. I don't think the Niners have that elite secondary. Richard Sherman is still extraordinary, but the rest of the guys aren't at his level. So if you ask me, we're going to see a little more of the one, two-step, three-step drop balls out of there. I know Mahomes can scramble. I know Mahomes can get away from the pocket. But I just think early on, we're going to see the ball out of his hands. Tyreek Hill in space. We'll see if the Niners can, can, uh, can tackle in the secondary. That's what I think I'm going to see. Well, that's the other way of neutralizing a, a great rush is to get the ball out. You know, Tom Brady style. But one, not everybody can do that. I, think, I actually think Kansas City is one of the few teams in the NFL, if not the only team, that can say, hey, you want to rush two? We're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna give me all this time. I'm gonna beat you downfield. I'm gonna throw it over the top. You want to rush four and get at me? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I can play West Coast too. They might be the only team in the NFL that can do that. And Mahomes might be the only quarterback that can throw deep, throw short, and run. Like I've, he's maybe another guy in the NFL that can do that with, consistently with accuracy and, I mean, well, that's it with the. The one thing that Mahomes does well is he's got the intellect to make reads. It's not all just straight athleticism. Yeah, Where exactly. like a guy like, you know, Josh Allen or somebody like that who has the physical ability to do what he does but doesn't have the mental intellect to do it at that point, Yet, at this point maybe. in his career. Yeah. Correct. And the accuracy maybe is their, their issue with Josh with, uh, with Allen's accuracy. But Mahomes is deadly accurate. He's, he's Russell Wilson with a few more weapons, if you ask me, and obviously a little bit younger, but... That's my take when the, when the Chiefs have the ball. Now, when the Niners have the ball, that's a whole other... You just mentioned their strength. And 
their strength is running the ball, and they mm -hmm. come at you with a, a, a three-headed monster with, I can't even pronounce this, is it Mostert? Mostert. I always think of a cupcake or like some dessert. I do that anyway, but it has yeah. nothing to do with Mostert. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, where's the air horn? Uh, it all end up hitting uh, something okay, wrong. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right. Uh, Moster, who's the best <clears throat> out of the three? Is it Mostert, Coleman, or Breida? Mostert, when I watched him last year, before he broke, he broke his arm last year. And I was watching that game, and in a, from a fantasy perspective, I'm like, I'm picking this guy up because he is awesome. Then he broke his arm, and he kind of you know hit or miss for the last little while. But now he's in there. I think Mostert has the the biggest upside. Coleman's been been doing all right. Breda has been their guy for a little while, but I think Mostert really is. He's the guy I would be most excited for. Is that right? Yeah. Interesting. I love it. You know me, Brock. I love a team that has a, a top tier tight end, and we're talking about both teams have maybe the two best, best tight in ends in the game. Yeah, for Hands sure. Down. But. I'm going to give the edge to the Niners when it comes to running, run blocking, because you know me, I love a team that plays with a fullback. And Kyle Juszczyk, former Raven, I saw plenty of him over the course of the last few years playing against the Steelers. Uh, might be the NFL's best, best fullback. How many fullbacks are there in the NFL? From la at last check, 40% of the, the NFL still play with a fullback, or at least have one on the roster. Okay. But uh, Juszczyk can catch. We know he can block. And he can actually run the ball a little bit. They rarely give him the ball. But he does a little bit of everything. He's big enough to be... Oh, know, he blocks phenomenal. Blo Kittles oh. is a phenomenal blocker. For a tight end perspective, he's easily probably the best blocking tight end yeah. who actually is a threat to catch the ball as well. Which, which makes him... A, a th yeah, exactly. You play action... You run the ball, you run the ball at play action. Kill's got great hands. He's strong as an ox. Except if he was playing the Minnesota Vikings, then he only got me four points. But well, anyway. I, was, I took him that, that uh, week, too, FYI. Yeah. But we're talking about he's probably their best offensive weapon. Would you, not, would you say Kittle is their best offensive weapon? I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is the elite. I think he's very, very good. You know who's good is Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel. In terms of, like, an explosiveness, like, I think they're going to be getting him the ball in some creative ways in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, running styles. The biggest thing when the Niners are on is can Kansas City do anything to stop the run? Because they're not very good at stopping the run. And the 49ers are phenomenal at it. So it, it, Spagnolo is going to have his uh, job cut out for him and see if he can come up with a scheme to, to stop, at least slow them down. Garoppolo's winning playoff games with throwing seven passes. Crazy. Throwing seven times. You're getting paid $10 million and you're throwing seven times in the playoffs. Like, it's insane. Well, Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, same thing. But Ryan Tannehill's not making that kind of money. You know what I mean? Like, you just, you don't need it. You say, okay, well, shit, I'm going to trade Garoppolo because I don't need him. We're just going to run the ball and give me a Tannehill for a third of what I'm paying Garoppolo. Anyway, it's amazing what they've been doing. And it's, I want to see the Chiefs stop the 49ers run. Because I want to see Garoppolo have to make some plays. I want to see that dynamic. I don't want to see just another train rolling over. Uh... Well, if you want to see that, you need. We need. Chiefs are going to need big, big yeah. contributions from Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Hitchens, uh, some of their star guys. Uh, maybe, maybe Terrell Suggs comes up. He's got two weeks off now to rest that old body. You he's know? actually going to be play a, a huge role, I think, sure. in terms of the run stop because he's so friggin' massive. Yeah. And the Chiefs don't have to stonewall him. They don't have to be like, hey, we're limiting all your running backs to 20 yards rushing. 
You just need to bend, don't break. Bend, don't break. You know, they want to chew up clock, that's fine. They're, Kansas City's offense can strike and strike fast, and oh. I think they can still do that against the Niners. Like, they have enough. The Niners haven't seen an offense like Kansas City's, to be honest. And they talk about a great secondary and the best pass defense in the league. That's, that's great. That's because you have the top four guys up front that can make pressure with four, which allows you to drop seven in a coverage. Yeah, you're going to be freaking good against passing teams, whereas other teams are bringing five and six to get pressure and limiting their back-end support. Anyway, if Kansas City can get a lead and Kansas City's defense can do a bend but don't break, then that also puts 49ers into more of a passing-type situation where the clock is there and you have to throw the ball and see what happens there. But I think that's, that's Kansas City's goal is you have to be up on them early yep. and then give the defense a little bit of help in that in that regards of saying look we have a lead already you know they're either going to be starting to move to to uh, uh to throw more or we just gotta you know just contain them don't give them any huge runs any 80 yard runs just keep them in front of us yep. and make them work their way down the field hold them to field goals and hopefully get kansas city to punt three to four times in the game and you're going to be in it and and you shorten the game you know, that's going to be the key as far as I'm concerned. But I don't think, I just don't, I, Kansas City has too much on offense for San Francisco to be able to contain. They, they will not be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them in terms of offense. If San Francisco going in there thinking this is going to be a shootout, forget it. It's just not going to happen. But can San Francisco get those one or two stops and hold KC to field goals? Now we're talking a game. Speaking of field goals, I mean, special teams always... We always see one or two special teams plays that that make a difference in a game, and we saw it against uh, with KC against Tennessee when KC was sort of down and out, and Tennessee had gone up 17 zip, and then one of the one of the uh, I forget who it was actually it might have been was it Robinson the, whoever returns punts for KC took one yeah. back to midfield, and I think then, it is usually Robinson Robinson or uh, is it Inman? He does some of them, I think, or uh, not Inman, Hardman. Hardman. I think it was Hardman. This, One in of this case, Hardman's a speedy guy. He he took it back off a kickoff. He took it back to the forty to Tennessee's forty-five, and Kansas City scored, I think, two plays later, and then boom! All of a sudden, it was like fifty to thirty. So, uh, special teams is a big deal. Harrison Butker is a is a, a great carry. You mentioned that they picked him up off a practice squad. Practice squad from the Carolina Panthers is where that uh, new GM. He's money. Brett Beach is he's, where he found he's him. He's money. How about Robbie Goldo for San Francisco? And I know uh, Bears fans, this is a bit of a touchy subject because uh, your kicker shanked one last year when Robbie Gold may not have missed that kick against the Eagles. It would have brought the Bears to the next round. Right. Um, he's a veteran kicker, 15th season in the NFL, if you could believe it. Um, you know, I think punters sort of a sort of a wash. Punters in the NFL now are just so darn good. Um, but who knows? You know, the next level of, of uh, analysis and I'm not going to spend too much time on coaching, but quite frankly, I love Andy Reid. And mm. he's one of the good guys in the NFL. And the book on Andy Reid is he just hasn't been able to win the big one. You know, he got to the uh, Super Bowl with Philadelphia. You know, he's compared to Marty Schottenheimer in that he, for whatever reason in playoffs, he kind of just doesn't play aggressive and plays too conservative. Um, but I think we're seeing a whole new... I think we're seeing the Chiefs win one for the Gipper. I, I'm hoping. That's who I want to win. That's who I'm cheering for. Um, never been a huge 49er fan by any means anyway. Growing up as a Bills fan, you know, like you, the 49ers were kind of that other hated team kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, but 
It's good. I mean, if Kansas City wins, it's, this game is actually the first Super Bowl in a long time where I've really looked forward to the matchup and say I'm really dying to see how this plays out. Yeah. Um, you know, all the other stuff is is either guys that have, should have won one or guys that should have won getting you know beat by a team that has no business being there. Um, but this one is uh, very very intriguing to me, and uh, our. Uh, Speed option that I'm going to give you is going to have a bunch of player props for this game. I want to know what your thoughts are oh, on I that. I like it. I like it. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I hope Andy Reid wins. Shanahan's going to have plenty of opportunities. The way they're going, uh, he already got Coach of the Year and stuff too. Great, 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 great first start. Um, I really like what he's doing there from a, just a, an appreciation from an offensive standpoint. Oh, for sure. But Andy Reid, there's something about Andy Reid. I don't know when you, the guys like oh how'd you celebrate winning the comments? I had a cheeseburger and went to bed. Hey, that's my guy. That's my guy. That's, my, that's guy. my guy. And Andy Reid, you know, I when we look at uh, the, some of the intangibles of this game, you know, it's been 50 years since the, since the Chiefs have won it all for a team that was an original team in the NFL AFL. I think they were in the AFL. Yeah, that's a long time. It's a long time to go without a victory. So I think the the, the Kansas City fan base is clamoring for some success. And Andy Reid's just a good dude in the NFL. Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for Atlanta when they when they were up 28-3 against New England a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and then New England came back. So he's got something to prove, I think. Well, and he's not the defensive coordinator, but hey, he put some points up. Yeah, he put some know, points up early. Were, anyways, they, they were up 28 points, whatever it was. So oh boy, uh, they romped. They, the thing here, here's why I think San Francisco has at least a shot in this. And I'm not going to give you my prediction quite yet because we still have a little bit more to talk about, but. Here's why I think they have some confidence. They they beat the hell out of Minnesota and Green Bay in the playoffs. Yeah. Beat the hell out of them. They ran the ball down their throat and said, you can't stop us. And that, to me, is a confident team uh, with a confident coach. And, again, I'm not going to give you my prediction right now, but I think this is a, a really awesome, and I dare I use the term sexy, it's a sexy matchup. Ben, c'est I, sexy. Ben, yeah. c'est vraiment sexy. Kansas City's offense versus San Francisco's defense. Can San Francisco dominate the time of possession and get a couple of stops with Kansas City? Can Kansas City stop the run? It's it's a sexy, man. Two coaching styles that are very different. I'm looking forward to this, buddy. Same. Why don't we take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about how the... CBS.com ranked the top top 44 starters. We're 40 not gonna, I don't think we're going to talk about all 44, but it's interesting. No. The be, they basically rank the best players that are starting and playing uh, Sunday. So yeah, they we'll took just, the starters from the Super Bowl, yeah. offense and defense, put them in the top 44 and rank them they as ranked who's them. better. We'll what try, does it mean? I don't know, yeah. but we'll be right back. Fun to talk can, about. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, two, eight. All right, you mentioned it'd be fun to talk about. I think somebody is on their commute to work saying, you know what's fun? If you guys would just shut up and let me fin- get into work now because you're already past the... <laughs> what are we at? I don't know. I was about half hour for the last segment. Okay, well, we're not going to spend too much time on this because this is, this is Pete Prisco from CBS.com. He's one of their lead writers. He ranked the best players uh, on both teams, all the starters, from 1 to 44. There are 11 people who start on defense, 11 on offense, times four, that's 44. So I think consensus, Patrick Mahomes, he ranked Patrick Mahomes the best player that's playing in the, in the Super Bowl. I don't know, can you name me a better player? 
a more a more impactful player on both teams. That's no. it's pretty fair. Like that's okay. He got, There's he's no got debate George, over number one. He's got George Kittle number two again. You know, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, they're pretty darn close. Tyree Kill. Well, what they have Kelsey at then? So Kittle's number two. They have Chris Jones at number three, the defensive end for uh, the Kansas the City Kansas Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. And he he was he is an impact player. He really disrupts things up the middle. They have Nick Bosa at four. Okay, so at least those two are close. And then like Kelsey's it. at five. And Kelsey's at five. So I'd say Kelsey and Kittle interchangeable. Well, you know, the one thing, again, Kelsey's a pretty strategic blocker. Kelsey's a very aggressive and, and you know, he, he's a very, very good blocker. So from a run scheme, I guess maybe he has more of an impact. So that the, I just named off the top five. And actually, it's probably uh, along the lines of what their impact is for their team as well. So Kittle's impact on – if they didn't have Kittle, I think that's a bigger loss than if – Kansas City doesn't lose Kelsey. I would have to agree. Not by much, not but by much, there's but just yeah. more weapons in Kansas City in terms of the passing game that uh, they can survive with. Yeah. Where I think Kittles is, uh, he creates a lot of stuff for the 49ers in terms of a passing game, although we don't see hey. the passing game very often. So, so basically, uh, you know, Mahomes, Kittles, Chris Jones, Nick Bosa, and Travis Kelsey in that order are the top five best players in that order. Okay. Okay. The next five, uh, a guy you stated earlier, Mitchell, Mitchell Schwartz. Schwartz. That's the sixth best player playing in the, in the Super Bowl this week. He better uh, be jumping to top five if they want to win this game. Well, that's a good, that's a good point because DeForest Buckner is number seven. I'd love to see this guy doesn't. I'd love to see him rate these players post game. Say this is what I thought they would be in their impact. This is at the end of the game who was, and you see who stepped up and who didn't. Well, we'll do it then. Hey, we can I'll, do it. I'll hang on to this sheet and we'll see if these guys actually followed Perfect. suit. Uh, Richard Sherman sitting at eight, still still an elite guy, but he, they play zone a lot of zone. Yeah, but he's that leader in the secondary, so I think he has a, a big role to play in terms of just keeping everybody kind of. On the same page and, and aggressive, but also smart and um, yeah. I'll be some honest. Other intangibles. We, you and I, I asked you a question off the air about uh, a football player that you disliked early and maybe had a better appreciation after he retired. He, Richard Trimmer's not retired yet, but he's a guy that I've grown an appreciation for over the course of the uh, of his of his career. I, I had a strong dislike for him in Seattle. Maybe it was the I don't know. The uh, overconfidence and co- what Over appeared to be conc- yeah, 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 a very arrogant guy, but he's really grown on me. He's a very intellectual fella, well, really well spoken. Anyway, um, he's a guy that I- I've grown an appreciation for, but he's still playing. So I don't know how you feel about him, but yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. That whole Crabtree um, back and forth back with Seattle and uh, the Niners when they were on opposite teams. Anyway, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a good intro to it. Uh, they have t- Pete Prisco has Tyron Tyran Matthew. Uh, right after, I don't, you know, I think he benefits from uh, p- teams, you know, passing short on them, and he gets a lot of tackles and a lot of breakups. But I don't think he's a player he was in Arizona. He's had a couple of injuries. I don't know. What do you, what's your take? Hit him sitting ninth, and I'll name you off a couple of guys right after. I, I don't think he's better than the the guys underneath him right now. I think right, just, go ahead. Right go behind ahead. him is Tyreek Hill. Um, I mean. Again, I, I don't know what the basis of this list is because Tyron Matthew playing well and being a better player is more urgent for the Super Bowl than Tyreek Hill being 
effective. Tyreek Hill, as long as Tyreek Hill has somebody covering him and he's 60 yards downfield, that's a he's doing his job. He's not getting any stats, but he's doing his job. I think Tyron Matthew, like they do a lot of different things with him on defense, so I think he needs to be effective in order for them to have a chance of stopping uh, the Niners' offense. So, again, I don't really know what the uh, uh, criteria was for this list, but I, I have no problem putting Matthews where he is. I, I think uh, Pete Prisco wrote this list simply as the, the best player, period. The impact on their game, on the game, well, we'll see. But I think he's just literally ranked them as ranking them as these are my best players. So uh, I mentioned number ten, number ten, Tyreek Hill. Okay. Um, yeah, he's just such a game breaker. I, I, that's a little low for me, but um, you know, I guess if you name off the guys in front of him, I, I don't know. I just I would have rated him a little higher than Sherman and Matthew myself. Uh, at the next five, I think we'll stop at twenty. I'm not going to name them all. We're getting to the. Right, you know the some of the no-name guys, but at, from 11 to 15, we have Eric Armstead, uh, who I never even heard of, but he might be their best uh, run stopper on San Francisco. Yeah, big guy in the middle. Yeah, I don't know him very well, but uh, I haven't really seen a lot of San Francisco games this year. No, no, wait, yeah. uh, the West Coast—that's the thing. Yeah, you just don't see a lot. Anyway, uh, Frank Clark for the for the Chiefs, a defensive end slash yeah. outside linebacker, uh, and very impactful we'll guy. Big, yeah, R- really good pickup for from uh, Seattle. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo at 14. Uh, Again, best player. Sure. Hard to put him ahead of those know. the guys that, for me. I'd yeah, I wouldn't put him ahead of those guys at this point either, no. like Big Joe Staley, you put a star beside him. I don't know what you were doing there with that on my list. but uh, you, Yeah, you put I was a, looking for uh, uh, the top O-linemen and where they were ranked. I think Staley is up there, and I would put Staley above. I would move him higher. Yeah. He's on there. Uh, maybe the best name in the entire NFL, Jaquiski Tart is 16. He's a strong safety for the 49ers. Jaquiski Tart. That's, a, that's when you're ordering whiskey when you're half in the yeah. bag. <laughs> I got Jaquiski. Tarts, too. Tarts. Bring the tarts. Uh, anyway, he's ranked 16th, uh, best player playing. All right. Um, Austin Ryder. The center for the uh, Chiefs, oh. 17. Yeah. Uh, Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, Notre Dame kid. He's Notre actually Dame, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Fred Warner at 19. You know what? Their whole line is pretty good. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. Uh, the right guard, uh, I forget his name, Pearson or something like that. He's, well, I think he says it in here. I think he's their weakest link or whatever, which yeah. is clear. But, um, you know, in the playoffs, they've been coming together. So. And Debo Samuel is the 20th best player, best starter in uh, Sunday's game, and then you all know, right. then we've got the sort of the the all the other guys. I mean, some, Let's some just great... finish on number thirty-seven. Why don't we? Sure, Emmanuel Sanders, twenty-two. No, just go right to thirty-seven. Oh, okay. Nobody cares the other ones. But this from twenty-two to twenty-nine is nuts. Like Quan Alexander's excellent. Kyle Juszczyk. And, okay, you want it thirty-seven? Let's finish thirty-seven. Laura Duvernay Tardif. Bouyaka. Hey, representing Canada. That's right, hey, Doctor he... Laurent. That's enough for me to, to be rooting for the Chiefs. I am rooting yeah. for the Chiefs. I want to see Andy Reid get a Super Bowl. Uh, I also don't want to see San Francisco win another Super Bowl and be tied with the Steelers for overall Super Bowls. Ah, there it is. Yeah, and then the, right. you know, the Cowboys are right behind them. And, of course, uh, the Patriots and Steelers are tied for franchise total Super Bowls. Actually, do the Patriots have seven now? You know what? Oh. When, we, when we take a quick break, which we're going to do, I think, right now, actually, 
We'll come back and let you know which franchise has the uh, most Super Bowls. All right, then. Let's do so, that. Again, put on the old spot, and we'll figure it out. Did I get it? Hey. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And we're back, and guess what? What? My Pittsburgh Steelers still lead the entire NFL in of overall. That are, oh, what? Of crazy <laughs> psychos that have left the game. Yeah, well, right. yeah. But okay. also Super Bowl victories. That's not including Super Bowl appearances. Uh, I, I didn't look that up. I'm just talking about solely victories. We've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, the king of championships, the team of the 70s. Second is, well, actually not second, they're tied for first, is, are the New England Patriots with six. And again, you mentioned Tom Brady has all six. So Tom Brady has all six, been in nine, tied your prestigious franchise yes. in Super Bowls by himself. Uh, yes. Okay. Terry Bradshaw has four and Ben has two. Um, remarkable. Uh, the 49ers have five, so they can actually jump in there. If they win, they'll be tied with, that, uh, with New England and Pittsburgh. Uh, for five. So did the Dallas Cowboys also have five. Uh, Green Bay has four and the Giants have four. And then there's a couple with, uh, with two and, and one, but we'll, we'll pass that. So there, that right. answers that. Cool. We'll see you Next play, let's run the speed option. All right, speed option time. Okay. You ready? I, I think so. So I'm giving you player props. And basically, for the most part, you're going to be telling me if it's over or under the total that they're giving. Okay. So I'll just give you for the first one as an example, the point total of the game. So all the, the Kansas City and San Francisco points is 56 and a half. Would you be over or under? Under. Ooh. Mahomes passes for 304.5 yards. Mm, 304? 304 and a half. I'll give it over. Ooh. Garoppolo, 199 and a half. Over. What? Mahomes rush uh, pass attempts, 36 and a half. Mm, under. Garoppolo's pass attempts are 30 and a half. Under. If he has to pass 30 times, they're in trouble. Mostert rushes for 75 and a half yards. Under. Williams, 69 and a half. Under. Well, this offensive uh, juggernaut of a game is not going to happen according it's to the It's going to be a couple bombs. Mahomes runs, 35 and a half. Mm, it would be stupid. Under. Kelsey receiving yards, 80 and a half. Under. Hill, 79 and a half. Over. Kittle, 72 and a half. Under. Debo Samuel, 56 and a half. Mm. He's an X factor on their team, eh? I'll go over. Watkins, 51 and a half. Under. All right, the first team to score. Kansas City. Who's going to get the first penalty? Kansas City. Will there be a two-point conversion try? Yes. Will it be successful? Yes. Which team will do it? Kansas City. The longest touchdown over under 44 and a half yards. Over. You're going to see a couple bombs on Kansas City's side. Longest field goal, 47 and a half. Under. Total sacks, five and a half. Both, yeah. I'll go over. Over. Yeah. Nice. And then your final prediction. I think the Chiefs win 29 to 22. 
I'm sorry to all the Niners fans, because uh, Lord knows there's a ton of them on our UC page. We had a hard time finding any KC fans because we wanted to have a KC guest, but really nobody stepped up. I don't know. I don't know any KC fans. You said you know somebody. Uh, well, one guy, Derek Wendell, who coaches with us now, said he's a KC fan. Um, he's not an old guy, so I said, "Why?" And uh, you know, I guess he was looking for a team to cheer for that didn't have a uh, you know a bandwagon type feel to it at the time. And I think uh, you know he was young, and I think Derek Thomas was still around at that point. Um, so you kind of seem to like it from there. But uh, other than that, it's hard to find like a lifelong Chiefs fan if you're not in Missouri somewhere. I like, I've liked the Chiefs for a long, long time. I mean, dating back to Derek Thomas, who could have shattered every defensive record if he, if he didn't get into that tragic car accident. But I've liked them for a long time. Marty Schottenheimer, Marcus Allen, for me, if the Raiders didn't screw him so bad, he could have been the all-time leading rusher, a fantastic athlete. He had a, a renaissance when he got to the Chiefs. Uh, all their quarterbacks, Steve DeBerg and Trent Green, and uh, they, just, they just so many great players. They were, they've come so close over the course of the last few years, the last 20 years, really. Well coached. Aside from a couple of hiccups in 2007 to 2013, somewhere in that ballpark, they've been a pretty successful franchise from 1990 on. Uh, the guys like Neil Smith and Derek Thomas and uh, uh, Mike Webster, the late Mike Webster, played his last couple of years in Kansas City. So I, I got a soft spot for Kansas City. So I'm personally rooting for them. I know my score indicates I'm rooting for them, but I'm actually cheering for them too. I want to see Andy Reid get his get his Super Bowl and. Uh, that's my call. What's your call? What's your? Do you have a prediction, a score prediction? Or? Uh, well, I actually do think it's going to be a little bit higher scoring uh, because I think Kansas City's offense is going to prove to be able to still put up some points against the Niners. And I really think the Niners are going to run and be very successful running the ball against Kansas City. So I think it's going to be a, uh, a shootout, but not in the traditional sense. It's going to be a running versus passing shootout. Which one's going to going to withstand the, the duration. But I'm going for Kansas City. Um, but honestly, I think the difference is that San Francisco's defense is better than Kansas City's defense. But their offense is a little bit more underrated from a fan standpoint. But I think that their offense is going to be able to run all over the place too. So I think we're looking kind of at a like a 35-33 San Francisco win Ooh. is Whoa. what I'm going with. Last question as we go out. We're going to go out to a Niners song, but yep. uh, I have a guy that I know who is going to the Super Bowl and asked me this question because he's going. He's like, lower level, end zone seats, all you can eat, all you can drink at the Super Bowl. What do you think they're worth each? Oh, at, at the Super Bowl? Yeah. What would you pay for that? What would I pay for and what do I think they're worth are okay. two different things. The correct. What, what do I think they're worth? What do you think they're worth? A thousand bucks? 6200 US a ticket. That's incredible. 6200 bucks. Yeah, and that's an aggressive price that he was able to lock in at this point. So Wow. That's what, uh, that's what the, the other people live like. Not us. We're at wow. the field house. We're at the field house. $14 <laughs> Julian salad. Oh, yeah, baby. We went out. We had the Kansas City Chiefs chop. The Niners had a bunch of songs. So there's the Niner Gang by E-40. There was the N-I-N-E-R-S by Money B. There was Niner Empire by DJ Loot and a bunch of people. And then the one that I chose is this one by Surreals. <laughs> Happy Super Bowl, everybody. Give us your predictions. 
Have nice. a great rest of your week, folks. I got a red and gold jersey, and everybody know me. I'm a San Francisco 49er, balling with my homies, huh? I think I'm Steve Young, I think I'm Jerry Rice. I got that old school game, and it sound nice. I don't need help, I'm so ready, Moss. Just throw it in the air like a coin toss. And it's a Super Bowl, my team going in. I'm a burning David Beast, I don't need friends. Shout out to Alex Smith, shout out to Kaepernick. We all equal, getting money off the pig skin. What's up, Roger Craig? We headed to the bank. I touch down and break it down and do the Martin Hanks. What's up, Roger Craig? We headed to the bank. I touched down and broke it down and do the Merton Hanks. I'm 49ers. I'm well ready to go.